Welcome back to the Over the Monster podcast, December 1st, 2022 edition. I am Brian Joyner, and as always, I am here with Over the Monster site manager, Dan Secatore. Dan, how are you? Brian, I am good. How was your Thanksgiving? It was a really wonderful uh, three days that somehow Thanksgiving, which is great, was maybe the least interesting and cool part. So that meant that means that the if you're if it if we're gonna make a sandwich metaphor because of the food, Thanksgiving was on the inside, but the bread on the sandwich was just delicious. How was yours? I, I yeah, you know, I kind of think you have a point about that. That like the Friday and the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend are always kind of better than Thursday. I don't know if I think it's a timing issue. It's because everyone because you're always traveling on Wednesday, so you get to wherever you're going late at night, and you've been stuck in traffic or stuck at an airport or something, and then like the holiday comes too quickly after that. You need more time to decompress. That's so I feel like that's why the Friday and Saturday are better. And well, and this week, this year, I took my kids to a movie on Wednesday night, so it was a nice way to jump into it and. Part of the reason was I wanted to go. Would you guys go see, see a movie? That, we saw Strange World. Uh, I've never heard of that. I don't know any it's, movies. Well, right that's now. the thing. This is why I wanted to see it. It's not a franchise movie. It's a Disney movie that's not a franchise. Wow. But I also wanted them to stay up late so they could sleep late, so I could sleep late. You know what I saw over that, my Thanksgiving vacation? I saw a bunch is, of deer. <laughs> I saw a bunch of deer, and it made me think of a question for you. A two-part question, actually. Um, I was in I was in my in-laws, and they live. They actually technically live in the city limits of Philadelphia, but they live surrounded by like a giant woodsy park thing. And I, I swear, I saw like four or five deer, and I was reminded because we had you know we fairly recently had our World Series pod where we were talking about Taco Bell and the Steal a Base Steal a Taco promotion. I was reminded of that story about Jacoby Ellsbury. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is this ringing a bell? Where Jacoby Ellsbury, like supposedly when he was a teenager in the wilds of Oregon, ran out, out ran and caught a deer? I vaguely remember this. All right. So I have a two-part question for you based on this. Um, so if I recall, the story is... You know, obviously he was really fast. He was just like out in the woods with some friends. They saw a deer. They challenged him to, to catch it, and he did it. And he says he just, they, I think he says they like, I, sh- I probably should have looked this up before this pod, but he says he, he like caught it and posed for a picture with his arm around his neck and then let it go or something like that. All right, so two-part question for you. One, how the hell did we never call Jacoby Ellsbury the deer hunter? which would have been one of the greatest baseball nicknames of all time. And part two, there's no way that actually happened, right? It's impossible to catch a fucking deer and hold a deer in your hand. So obviously, given that I agree with you on number two, that would be a good explanation for why number one, it didn't become the case, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah, it's not like anybody questioned this. I think it does not match his style of play in any way, shape, or form. Well, he was a hunter on the base paths. <laughs> he, was, he was hunting those bases. He was hunting those tacos. That's true. That is a great question, though. 
We missed that our opportunity. Left it's that one bad. on the table. Yeah, I don't think I, I could. And like I said, I don't believe that it ever happened. I could see, I could maybe see him sneaking up on a deer and then moving quickly enough that he like got a hand on it, on its hide or whatever. But like, there's just no way a deer would just let you put its arms around him, right? They must have been, they must have found, seen the deer like sitting down 20 feet away. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. The, we're imagining looking across a field and being like, I'm going to catch that deer. I saw three cotton-tailed deer this morning. You saw a bunch of deer too. Yeah. It's and deer I saw season. A whole, a whole family. Did and you try to catch one? My new dog didn't even try to catch one. <laughs> but... I did not, and I couldn't, and I also truly wonder about this photograph, because when Jacoby Ellsbury was growing up, it's not like there were phones. That's another good point. What were they using, a disposable? Yeah, I mean, are we just carrying around a disposable while we're in the woods in Oregon or whatever? I don't know about that. I should again reiterate that since I did not bother to look this up at all, and I'm just going purely on a now uh, 15-year-old memory, (laughs) he maybe never said any of this. (laughs) So we might be slandering him. Um, I guess the only thing we can do is invite him onto the pod. Do you think he would would come on? Nobody's heard a word from him in like 10 years. Is he still still hunting attention? Because then... Oh, attention. That's the last thing that Jacoby Ellsbury was. Yeah, that did not seem to be his his bag. What a weird legacy for a player. For a guy that, you know, had... He had one of the greatest Red Sox seasons of our lifetimes. And yet I kind of... At at least, even when it was happening, everyone was kind of like, well, this isn't going to happen again. Not that it was like a Brady Anderson fluke year because it wasn't just the power. I mean, he was outstanding across the board, but I don't know. I think everyone just kind of knew like this is a one-time beautiful thing and we're enjoying it. And then, of course, he goes to the Yankees and so alienates the entire Red Sox fan base, but does absolutely nothing to endear himself to the Yankee fan base at the same time. Yeah, he alienated the Red Sox fan base, but he also alienated the Yankee fan base. Yeah. Yeah, I I think yeah the Red Sox Red Sox fans certainly have a higher opinion of Jacoby these days now because of again the good times we did have, and the way he totally sabotaged their payroll for six years or whatever it was. But what a weird Sim- legacy for, weird for legacy. a really exciting ball player. I agree with you on the season was so good when it was happening. You knew it wasn't going to happen again. It was a much, I mean it was an incredible season, but. Similar thing happened the year Joe Maurer hit 30 home runs as it was mm. happening. You're just mm. like, just soak this. This is not going to happen again. It's yeah. awesome that it's happening. But even with Maurer, I mean, you know, Maurer from the day he was drafted was expected to be a star, was, ex- was you know, looked at as a future Hall of Fame catcher. Jacoby, you know, was always, I mean, people have been making Jaron Duran comparisons, you know, comparisons between Jacoby and Jaron Duran, which is really unfair to both guys. Um but, you know, Jacoby was never really projected to be an all-star until maybe, maybe, I, I don't know, I might be misremembering. Maybe by the time he made it up to Pawtucket, I think people had started to turn around on him. But, it, you know, I'm not sure it's quite in the Joe Maurer class. I do think it's, I do think a broad, 
Duran Ellsbury comparison is fair. Just very, very broad. But once you get into the details, it starts to fall apart a little bit. But if you're thinking fast outfielder, leadoff type, potentially very broad. Jacoby could catch the baseball. There's that's one, that. That's one there's that difference between the two of them. And 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 uh, Duran hasn't gotten me a taco, so he has not gotten you a taco. That's true. So we should be comparing Jacoby Ellsbury and Kyle Schwarber, really. I don't want to talk about Kyle Schwarber. I can't even remember if we've circled back to this or not. Did have we talked about the fact that we correctly predicted who would steal the taco? I we I can't believe it happened it's unbelievable and truly rubs it in the red sox face as much as any of those 10 million home runs he hit this year <laughs> it really Just, he was the he was one of the coolest most fun players in baseball this year mm-hmm. top 10 easily it's mm-hmm. it's wild but while we're so again to, to circle back to this conversation and take it away from the baseball thing and the thing I'm more interested, which is Taco Bell's marketing strategy. <laughs> did you notice that they maybe they changed this last year? So you know, in, in years past, when when they stole the taco, it was there was like one Taco Day in America. You know, they would designate like November fourth was the Taco Day, and everyone yeah, would go. To, I remember that. Yes. And they changed it this year so that there was no one day. But you could download an app, and on your app, you'd be able to access your free taco. And it's obvious why they did this. I mean, like, we all live in late-stage capitalism where everyone just wants us to download their app. Um, and it's actually a really good metaphor for the things that suck about <laughs> about a lot of our commerce right now. Like, it was it was way less exciting without having the communal National Taco Day. And I feel like no one cared about it, and no one talked about it. Because there was no going, there were no lines at Taco Bell. There were no, you know, coworkers coming back to the office being like, don't forget to go get your taco. So maybe, you know, it's like one of these things where they probably, I'm sure they did the math and figured out that they make a little bit more money by getting you to download the app, but they like totally got rid of the one cool thing about it. I disagree. The cool <laughs> thing about it is watching the guy steal the base and getting the taco. Imagine the poor workers at the Taco Bells on that day. Hey, hey, listen, you are talking to an alum of the Taco Bell at the Silver City Galleria. So if there's one group of people in the world that I sympathize with, it's Taco Bell workers, I assure you. Um, Dan, there is a non-zero chance that you served me a taco at the Silver City Galleria. Really? (laughs) Spent a lot of time at the Silver City Galleria. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so I did uh, write a, a piece where I mentioned this before. So once again, I'm, I'm learning on air here that you're not reading the articles. <laughs> I I subscribe to OTM for the naked pictures, not the articles. <laughs> of course, that's what most people do. I'm trying to shift the direction of the site away from the nude pictures of Brock Holt. And away thank God. I thought you were going to say Keaton, so thank you for, for, for that. <laughs> Damn it, I should have said Keaton. Fuck, all right, can we can we um, go back and re-record this? The only person who's good enough at editing to do that would be Keaton. Is so, Keaton. No. Ah, damn it, he wins again. <laughs> Keaton and Taco Bell, always winning. Should we move on? <laughs> I mean, it's only, been, 
Yeah, we've covered the important stuff, so now we can just talk about the Red Sox. All right, we have a major. Before we wait, hold on, before we we have a major announcement to make before we even get to the Red Sox. So let's delay the Red Sox talk even further, if you want. Let's let's um, delay that. Major free agent signing, not for the Red Sox, but for the site. Brian, we have a new podcast. What we, we do? Starting next week. Um, Assuming it's actually assuming they're going to get it done next week. We'll talk to them about that. Um, we are bringing on the pod on Lansdowne. Uh, if you're on Red Sox Twitter, you may have seen these guys. It is um, Fitzy Mopena, Jake Wallinger, and Liam Fitzsimmons. Um, two Fitzies joining. <laughs> we're, we're the only Red Sox podcast with two Fitzies. What do you think of that? Liam Fitzsimmons. Really, I'm thinking about the... Where could he be from? Really? What street on Quincy is Liam Fitzsimmons from? Is this going to be pod on Lansdowne on at OTM, like Angels of Anaheim? I suppose... Yeah, I haven't really thought about that aspect of the name. Is pod on Lansdowne presented by OTM? I don't know. How should we do it? I don't know. I'm not the site manager. Yeah. Well, we don't do for we don't do we have the red seat, which is a different show that we don't. Wait, it's the red seat? I thought it was about what the Reds ate were eating. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, now I'll listen to it. It's about the Red Sox? Oh, it makes so much more sense. Uh, you've made that joke before, haven't you? I have made it so many times. I made it in my head way more than I made it out loud. It's well, it's good. <laughs> so I'm glad you got it out now. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, so g- listeners, get excited. Um, they are they are three really funny guys. Um, they Jake and Fitzy have already started writing on the site. Uh, Jake has a piece on there today. Ten things John Henry can buy with three hundred million dollars instead of paying Raphael Devers. Um, that's a really good read. Fitzy before has written us an ode to Fenway's Coke bottles. Um, Jake has given us the Red Sox That Guy All-Stars and Fitzy wrote one more thing oh yeah Fitzy Fitzy wrote an off-season manifesto uh, in which he thinks that the Red Sox front office should prioritize goofs in the free agent market this year instead of good players not instead of good players in addition to good players Um, it's hard to argue with his logic when you do go back through the previous Red Sox World Series teams and see just how goofy they were I mean, when you said instead of good players, at what point did we ever establish that the Red Sox offseason plan involved getting good players? Oh, well, was that a good segue you just did there? I think it was. Should we? Let's talk about the latest offseason news. Um, all right. Now, Brian, where do you want me to start? We can start with the Red Sox have um, signed new players named Jolie Rodriguez in Hoy Park. We can start with a little Devers talk, or do you want to start with the tweet that just dropped before we started recording that you have not read yet? I have some bad news on that front. I was scrolling Twitter a second ago, and I saw Jake Devereaux over the monster quote tweeting Peter Gammons. You you, You have it up? You want to read it for us? I will read it. Peter Gammons... Peter Gammons, who, by the way, I once saw eating alone at the Island Creek Oyster Bar in Kenmore Square. So, Dan, if you, have not gotten, if you have not gotten the caddy Peter Gammons tweet at you yet, it's coming. 
Everybody at OTM gets one. Mm -hmm. It comes out of nowhere. Everyone seems to only get one and then it just stops. It's a, uh, it's really a rite of passage. Can't wait. Cause you, cause you think you're going to feel bad, but then you feel good. Cause it, ha it happened to so many people. What's he going to get mad at for? I don't know. I, he, there's a sarcasm missing tendency sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame him because Twitter is really in the weeds there. Anyhow, I will read the tweet. It's responding to Ken Rosenthal on the free agent market. Gammons in his inimitable way. As ever, ever is capitalized, comma, no space, fact, comma. But, but, while one doubts Bogarts would switch positions, in the past three days, front office folks from three teams claim they've been told he has severed Boston ties and won't be going back. Whether that's negotiating leverage talk or reality, there's no confirmation. Well, I have I can't no idea what to make of I'm this. I can't say I'm surprised. I can't say I'm surprised. Well, first of all, first of all, before before we get into front office bashing, uh, how much value is there in this tweet? As ever, fact, but but how much value is there in this tweet? The value comes from Peter Gammons' reputation. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I'm not worried about I make I used to be an incredibly particular writer and editor and wouldn't let spelling mistakes or grammar mistakes stand. But now that there's autocorrect and whatnot, sometimes it's just easier to let them go. I'm not worried about that. The one thing I can say is that, and he's correct, this could be leverage because at this was always in the Bogarts' camp's back pocket simply by dint of there not being a deal done. He has no special connection. He has no reason not to play hardball with the Red Sox at this point. Correct. And this is something that, regardless of whether it's true or not, would probably come out either way because it's good negotiating. Or it's, hold on, it's negotiating that will get you a larger contract. Do yeah. I think it's do I think it's potentially true? Of course I do. Severed ties? I mean that's that's the thing that is some strong language. And why look we think he wants to stay here. We just think he wants to maximize his value, which he absolutely should. Right? It's not like you know, we have no evidence that he's got bad relationships with Alex Cora or Devers or any of the guys in the dugout. Maybe he has, in fact, we know he has a wonderful relationship with at least one member of the front office, Raquel Ferreira. I mean, he has spoken glowingly of her. I'm pretty sure she was the one who took the lead on his contract last time. This isn't, you know, this is not a guy who's ever presented as disgruntled. Um, so I just, the, the idea that the idea that he would sever ties is insane. And I, I, you know, that that just reads to me as that just that's Scott Boris. That's Scott Boris putting pressure on the front office. OK, that's a fair take. But I will say this. Whether or not it came out that Mookie had severed ties with the Red Sox in terms of a, an extension. 
for a new contract. There is no doubt, I think, from anyone's mind that the Red Sox presented what are objectively lowball offers and said, this is our ceiling. Mm-hmm. And that caused Mookie to be like... Well, Mookie was always going to free agency. He said from day one. That, that's he fine. said he was always going to free agency. That's fine, but I'm saying the Red Sox's tactics in here... Look, it's not good strategy to actually cut off Boston because that's a potential bidder. Mm-hmm. But if Boston's offers are not even competitive, he has nothing to lose by doing this. And it's possible that they are just not competitive. I would say, I, I, I would I say it's possible would, to likely. Sure. If that were the scenario, though, I think he would have more to gain by leaking that. <laughs> by just saying the Red Sox are not even close to the other teams that he's talking to right now. Well, whatever the case, we don't have resolution on this yet. We do not have resolution on this. That way, I really am only now starting to come to terms with with the possibility that he's gone. I've, I've been, even though there hasn't really been any good reason to believe they were going to get something done. Well, that's not true. I should say the fact that he's taken a hometown discount once before, um, you know, again, comparing it to the Mookie situation, we knew Mookie was always going to test free agency because he said it. Um, and that's his right, and I don't begrudge him that at all. Um, you know, Xander has never said that, uh, and and he's shown he certainly seemed more likely to want to be a one team player for his career. Um, so because of that, I've always in the back of my head just kind of been assuming that something gets done. But man, I don't know. I don't know today. I really don't. It's dispiriting but i i do think that you are correct to be to take this with with a with a pretty pretty big grain of salt it and that's the thing in the absence of any actual news yeah these rumors that they're they're whispers but you're in a cave and we should i mean this is the other thing that should be telling if we don't hear something from Sam Kennedy, who, by the way, is, as we speak, announcing the uh, Jersey sleeve sponsorship with Mass Mutual at Fenway Park. So <laughs> congratulations, guys. You signed someone. Um, but if we don't hear something from him today, I don't, I don't expect to hear anything from Bloom, though maybe we will. But him or O'Halloran, if we don't hear something addressing this, then what does that mean? That Sam Kennedy is... Following my wishes to not talk in public about the Red Sox. Have your mass mutual. Look, David Ortiz loves him. Good for him. Great. But So you know who else does? Did didn't he grow up next to Peter Gammons? Am I making that up? Maybe. I think they were next door neighbors. Again, just as with the Jacoby Ellsbury Deer thing, I might be completely pulling this out of my ass. But I think they might have been next door neighbors. Oh, it was Peter Gammons who ran down the deer. You're just confused. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's tweeted something like that along the lines. So I think that this is about as valuable as any of the other moves the Red Sox have made, uh, which is to say, n- not very. Mm-hmm. 
except for signing Narciso Crook. <laughs> Narciso Crook. I haven't looked into him yet. I have looked into Jolie Rodriguez and Hoy Park. Um, you excited about these guys? Nope. Jolie Rodriguez, I will say, um, to put you on the spot again, did you read the thing I wrote about Jolie Rodriguez the other day? You know, I had sick kids and stuff. I'm going to start doing pop quizzes. Let's <laughs> see if um, no, it's okay. I, I, was, I only published it late on Monday, um, just giving a brief rundown of Jolie Rodriguez. He has not been good in his career. He is a left-handed relief pitcher. Um, he has one really big flaw, which is walks. Uh, he walked more hitters per nine innings than all but 14 other pitchers in baseball last year. So that's not great. Um, but he, it, as it turns out, is elite at one thing. He is elite at limiting hard contact um, and, by extension, home runs. He, he gave up very, very few home runs last year, and he was in the 96th percentile, I want to say, um, at giving up hard contact. Um, and Hoy Park, utility infielder who will probably spend time next year bouncing between Boston and Worcester. Similarly, he is elite at not chasing pitches outside the zone. Um, so, you know, I mean, this is so far like pretty classic bloom, cheap guys, flawed guys, but guys who are at least very promising in one particular area. Um, and, you know, I guess they're going to see if they can fix the flaws and, 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 get some surprising production out of them but um so far nothing to be too excited about well i think you did a good job of pitching the idea of the wisdom of the jolie signing however i'm reading your article now and i did not expect the widowed widow van delft's gardener to come up Jacques Hughes! It was you who poisoned the widow's tea cakes! <laughs> that was a hell of an accent. How do you know how Jolie sounds already? Yeah, it's amazing. There's this um, thing. Yeah, it's, you, it's hard to find stuff to write about these guys. <laughs> to write about these career, uh, career middle relievers. Yeah, I mean, so you end they, up making are, murder they are the them. most anonymous players in yeah. well, he's not a, in sports because there's a lot of football players who are playing linemen or backup linemen, whatever. Yeah. But in baseball, he, he's a lefty, so I would say that's I, that's, I think a, a right-handed yes, relief pitcher is the most anonymous. Lefties he, slightly less anonymous. Also, you could have stopped uh, the explanation for signing him when you said he's a lefty reliever. He's a lefty, all right, yeah. I, I hear you. Always... I hear it. Um. All right. Anything else to say about those guys? I, w I was a little bit too hard on Hoy Park. I actually kind of, I I'm, I'm into seeing what, what goes on. Yeah. I mean, he is, so he's a guy, he, he, when he signed with the Yankees, and of course, you know, he's, he's Korean. Obviously, the vast majority of Korean players do not sign with big league teams as teenagers because there is a, a you know, a, a financially lucrative domestic league in Korea. Um, so they tend to at least start their careers with Korean teams uh, and make a lot of money and, and have a great life in Korea, which is a wonderful place. Um, but he decided to sign with the Yankees as a teenager. 
which is really unusual. And I guess when he did in 2014, he was considered the top free agent out of Asia. Um, now, again, for the reasons that I just said, you know, being being the top international free agent out of Asia, or at least as a teenager, is not necessarily the same thing as being the top international free agent out of the Dominican because there are so many fewer teenagers in Korea and Japan who do sign with major league teams. But still, he got a $1 million signing bonus from the Yankees. And he did have uh, his 2021 season in AAA was a very, very good season. He was arguably a little old for the league at that point, and maybe that's what accounts for it. But, I mean, they Brian Cashman flipped him for, uh, God, <laughs> who is that? I'm drawing a blank right now. But he, who was their reliever this year who, for the first half of the season, was pretty much the greatest relief pitcher of all time? Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes. Thank you. Yes. So he was packaged with another minor league filler guy for Clay Holmes. Um, really, really savvy move by a GM who I generally don't give a lot of credit to. <laughs> Brian Cashman. That's a hell of a trade. It really is. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's it, I, I'm moderately excited to see him play. As we've discussed before, he kind of fits. I, I, love, a, I love a versatile line drive hitting middle infielder. I don't know yeah, if he's if, fast. I could look that up, but if well, he's fast. Well, if Hassan Kim hadn't had such a solid year, I was going to yeah. suggest him as a Red Sox trade target because it seemed they like they, they like guys who can play multiple positions. Yeah. And I don't see the pod. I mean, I think the Padres. Well, now they're not going to trade him. They, yeah. There's no reason to. Especially with Tatis. I don't think there's any actual worry about Tatis, but there's going to be. Yeah. I mean, they were thinking of moving. They were sort of moving, tiptoeing at least, towards moving Tatis to the outfield full time, even before the suspension. And Hassan Kim is one of the very best defensive shortstops. Hey, you know who else is? You know who else is? Tell me. The one player who Chaim Bloom has signed to any appreciable amount of money which is another sign that yeah maybe bogarts is on the way out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so speaking of money and signing players i'm going to spring a little game on you here brian you ready for this yes all right i'm just going to read you a list of players i'm going to read you 10 names and then you tell me what this group of 10 players is okay okay Number one, Eric Chavez. Two, Ryan Zimmerman. Three, Bob Horner. Four, David Wright. Five, Scott Rowland. Six, Evan Longoria. Seven, Troy Gloss. Eight, Harland Clift. Nine, Nolan Arenado. And ten, Ron Santo. Eric Chavez, Ryan Zimmerman, Bob Horner, David Wright, Scott Rowland, Evan Longoria, Troy Glaus, Harlan Clift, Nolan Arenado, and Ron Santo. Who are those 10 players, Brian? I'll say they're the 10 third basemen to win a gold glove and be an all-star in the same year. <laughs> that is uh, not a bad guess. You did at least pick up on the fact that they are um, all third basemen. Um, but no, those are... The 10 most similar hitters through age 25 to one Raphael Devers. 
Now, here's why I'm asking that question. Because I'm just going to play a little devil's advocate here. <laughs> um, I think just about everyone on our staff would gladly melt the gold in the Statehouse Dome and give it all to Raphael Devers right now and sign him to a 10-year contract. I think we all pretty much agree to that. But take a look at that list again. Eric Chavez, Ryan Zimmerman, David Wright, Evan Longoria, whoever the hell... Oh, Bob Horner? Like, that is... That's a list of third basemen who completely fell off cliffs when they hit, like, age 29. Now, granted, there's also a Hall of Famer Ron Santo in there, a probable Hall of Famer Nolan Arenado, a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame, Scott Rowland. But the rest of that list, Chavez, Zimmerman, David Wright, Longoria, should we be worried at all? Should we temper our calls to sign Rafael Devers to a 10-year contract at all? You will put some respect on David Wright's name. Well, I mean, he was a special case, I guess, with his weird-ass back injury. Um, Yes. I mean, Bill James on 60 Minutes, like, 15 years ago, they said, what one player would you take right now if you're starting a franchise? He said David Wright. Bill James is saying a lot of things these days. I understand. Well, this wasn't these days. This was before these days. It was maybe in the middle days. But I, I, I look at it the opposite way you do. That if you have a, let's be, it's literally like an at-bat. If you're going to hit 35% of the time, because I agree, Roland should be in the Hall of Fame. Arenado will be in the Hall of Fame. The number of players on that list who are who were worth it, to me, is what makes it worth yeah. it. Even if there were no, there's no bad players i know it's no not sort of bad turn it there's no it's easy to sort of snicker eric chavez but first of all this is again this is just algorithmic and second of all eric chavez is in one of the best gifts of base in baseball history so wait which gift is that it's the one where he throws the ball back to the pitcher but the pitcher isn't oh and then he just oh yeah and he makes the face and he's like oh yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> so I forgot that was him. But yeah, I, I I think that that list actually encourages me as much as it worries me. I, I think it's pretty much exactly what I would have expected. All right, I'm 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 glad to hear you say that. Um, like I said, it it reassures me. Ask a Cubs, ask an old Cubs fan about Ron Santo and to to what they oh. say. I lived in Chicago long enough that of course, believe me, I've heard I've heard it all. For sure, for sure. But, I mean, if you look at that list and if you say, okay, Ron Santo, Arenado, and Roland are, you know, the top 20% outcome, and Eric Chavez and, Bob, like, Bob Horner, I don't think he even played after the age of, like, 29. I think he can, like, if that's the bottom 20%. Well, that's uh, that's a good sign, actually, to me, because that is not the type of career that really happens anymore. True. Yeah, and that's fair enough. And I, I, but what I if, honestly, but what if Devers, what, what if Devers Wright, ends up as Troy Gloss? Are Troy we gonna Gloss be happy with that? Home runs like three times. He, yeah, in the height of the steroid era. So Troy what? Gloss, Somebody had to. Did sure. you think that makes it less impressive? Of course it does. I mean, okay, yes, the fact that he led, that he was the league leader in the height of the steroid era. Yes, I get your point. If they were all using steroids, somebody still had to be number one. 
But those freakish, you know, 39, 42 home run seasons that Troy Gloss was having, that's, I mean, yeah, you know, come on. Here's Troy Gloss. Some people just grow into their bodies and just hit dongs. And I is and Rafael Devers gonna how's how's Rafael Devers' body gonna look in ten years? This beautiful the beautiful baby boy as it does now. <laughs> He's gonna look like a baby his whole life. I but I also put David Wright maybe not quite at Arenado level, but uh, when he was good, he was really really good. It's a special case. Uh, I. I think it's 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 a good sign for Devers that he's on the list to me more than a bad one. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, I, I, you've reassured me a little bit. Not that it matters, of course, because there's absolutely no news on the Devers front either. So well, I, I mean, I think that the Bogarts domino has to fall first. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah. You know, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that if Xander does not sign, Devers is not going to want to be around. There is that possibility. Who is hitting the baseball for the 2023 Red Sox? Trevor is it, Story. Is it is it Trevor Story and is it J.D. Martinez? Is J.D. Martinez going to be back on this team next year? I wouldn't bet against it. I'm starting to, like, I thought that was impossible a month ago. And now with the Brayu off the board, and you know Hosmer is certainly not going to be the full time DH. He cannot be the full time DH. Uh, not that they even necessarily want a full time DH. You know, don't I wouldn't challenge. Don't challenge <laughs> them like that. Yeah. Well, so speak. Is that another segue? Should we move on to our next segment? We should. Or wait, question, question. Yes. Before we move on to our next segment, should we do a professional podcasting? And should I say, hey, let's take a quick break? Sure. Or do we want to just keep inserting the no, ads let's, into the middle of my sentences? No, let's let let's let's do it. Last time it was a bit. We can do we can do that. We can even get one of those sounds. Do you know how to get one of those sounds? Or uh, I could just make one with my mouth. Should we do that? Right. Hey, let's take a quick break. Does that work? That works. And we're back. We're back. We're now going to do a segment, a very silly one. This segment is I make up the bloomiest moves I can, and Dan responds. I defend them. You defend them. So I did not put as much effort into this as I would have liked, but the good part about high and bloom moves is they're very easy to predict. Or not predict. They're... They're pretty much all the same move, be it for a pitcher or a obligatory. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just start my defending right now. Obligatory Trevor Story reference. Trevor Story. Trevor Story. I think my first bloom bloomy move is signing Justin Turner. Justin Turner. Okay. This would. Be the alternative to Abreu or um, JD Martinez. So he's going to be signed as the DH. Something like that. He's good at hitting. Mm -hmm. He has been. 
but his age means that he will be cheap, and that is what is important to Chaim Bloom. That is true. So he is making... Wow, he's only making $2 million next year. How is that possible? Am I reading this wrong? Well, he didn't get his option picked up. Oh, right, 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 right. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Spotrek has him... Yeah, he's a free agent, correct? Yeah. So why does it say... Why does it have a current contract, 24, 2024 through 2026? Am I reading this oh, wrong? Did he, get, did he get signed somewhere? No, it's no, he didn't. It's with the... Did he... <laughs> I don't see anything. Uh, Anyhow, this segment's going great. Here, here's yeah. another one. Here's a, th- this one I like. He has not signed. Trading trading Jeter Downs for a player to be named later or cat. <laughs> that oh see, all right. Now this is this is an interesting one. Because how much do you think they care about the optics of already giving up on the guy who was the centerpiece of the Mookie deal at one point? It wasn't Verdugo. Maybe it was Verdugo. They were both kind of the, I guess, co-headliners. But They care because he's cheap, but I don't think that they have any shame with respect to this. I, mean, I was trying to come up with a with a with a Verdugo trade, which I think yeah. is possible, but I just didn't. They come have up with traded any... young. They have traded productive outfielders each of the past two off seasons. Um, not, that, I mean, Benintendi was coming off an awful year, of course, which is maybe even more curious why they traded him at his low point, and then they traded Renfro coming off a career year. Um, so Verdugo would be the next outfield domino trade piece to fall. Um, Downs. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, I suppose from a coldly rational standpoint, I wouldn't want them to let the fact that he was arguably the main return in the Mookie trade stop them. That's, you know, like that's a classic sunk cost fallacy there. Um, but God, I, can they this offseason fail to sign Xander Bogarts, fail to extend Raphael Devers and then trade the former centerpiece of the Mookie trade for nothing because that's what they would get in return for Jeter Downs, nothing? Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying they will give him away for nothing and just say, we don't care anymore. All right. Well, this is, if, if going back to the original concept of the segment, this is actually an easy one to defend because Jeter Downs uh, can't hit. And doesn't really show any signs of learning how to hit. Um, and so trading him for cash or, or a player to be named later right now is probably a prudent move. So that's an easy one for me to defend. Here's another one I thought was, was an interesting one, especially if they did something like trade Verdugo or had doubts about Duran. And it's very cheap. Very small. That's signing Tim Locastro. Tim Locastro, who who holds a major league record. Do you know what the major league record he holds is? I really feel like I do, <laughs> but I can't think of it at all right now. So no, go ahead and tell me. Uh, Was it he, something he did this year? 
No, it was, it was many years ago. Many years ago, okay. I believe that it was a record. I, I remember it, and it looks right at his thing. He stole 17 bases in 2019 without getting caught. Oh, did he really? Yes, he did. And that's the record? Right. Well, but he, hold on, he didn't get caught for like four years before he got caught. Oh yeah, you're he had like right. twenty six stolen bases before he ever got caught, yeah, which I believe right. is the record. Yeah, okay, that is cool. So, um, and so has... I, what I'm imagining him is a pinch runner, fourth outfield type. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox seem to be doing what a lot of teams do in sports, where they pluck a lot of guys from the rivals because they see them a lot, and it's mm-hmm. just they're way they're more familiar. You'd think that wouldn't matter, but it seems to matter. Like Jolie Rodriguez. Rodriguez would be a good example of that. But this move is just pathetic and sad enough. That I think it's perfect for Blue. It is. I mean, it's really not that much different uh, than acquiring Jackie Bradley Jr. to be one of your starting outfielders. Jackie Bradley Jr. two seasons ago was, by some metrics, the single worst hitter in all of baseball. Um. And they went over the luxury tax in order to bring him back and buy two mediocre prospects. Uh, Tim Locastro is not the single worst hitter in Major League Baseball because he doesn't even really belong in Major League Baseball right now, um, other than the speed thing. So, again, this is a pretty good one, Brian. Um, Yeah, the segment is unfortunately very depressing. So (laughs) let's just do a couple more. Okay. I have one. I actually think that this one is possible. Um, and this is another alternative at first base. And for purely baseball reasons, there could be something there, which is signing Miguel Sano. All right. I actually would love that. <laughs> um, I will always want to root for post prospects, like post type prospects, um, especially big burly giant ones who can hit big home runs. Um, I, I would be all for it. I mean, I mean <laughs> again, if Miguel Sano is your plan a for, uh, your, your starting DH next year, that's not a great sign. But if this is a pickup that's sort of, you know, akin to the 2003 off season where Theo just went out and got, uh, the Giambi brother, and picked and Kevin Millar and David Ortiz and Bill Miller and was like, we'll figure out the corners somewhere within these guys. And then, of course, they did to wild success. Like, I, I would love to know in on the team um, as, as, as that sort of depth option. So, well, it's funny. They didn't actually fill the corners to wild success. That I'm just now I'm nitpicking because they still traded for Mankiewicz later. Well, okay, yeah, fair enough. They did trade for Mankiewicz later, but that, I mean, he, he Mankiewicz was brought over to be a leading defensive replacement, basically. You know, Miller, Miller locked down third, Millar yeah, locked down first, and David Ortiz sure as hell locked left, down the left with. He left with that ball. He did, yeah. What? What? Does he still have that? What happened? To no, that? he. I think he was shamed into giving it back. He gave it back to Lucino. He was like, "This is my kid's college uh, fund." It's like, dude, you play major league baseball. Yeah. That's I mean, and you're, you're like, you, I know you're not the wealthiest guy in Major League Baseball. I understand that. But yep. let's be serious here. All right. One Was he shamed one. into it or did Larry Lucchino leave like a horse's severed head in his bed one night? Well, I mean, if so, he didn't say it for good reason. 
Uh, this last one is going to be a classic Brian shit post here, and that would be trading Jeter Downs, Connor Wong, and Alex Verdugo for Mookie Betts. <laughs> Could you imagine if they? Oh God! Just when you say it out loud like that, it just sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I wouldn't do that deal unless maybe the Dodgers threw in Brutusar Gratterall. Then, then I'm interested. I gotta see the medicals, though. I gotta see the medicals. <laughs> oh God! When you, you're right, when you say it out loud like that, that trade it just gets worse and worse every year. It really, really does. And I say this as someone who likes Verdugo, thinks he was a little bit unlucky this year, thinks that he could still probably max out at a season or two as a four-win player, maybe make an All-Star team. Um, ugh. Oh my God, he's a, he, he's an average player. He's an av- he's like he's the definition of an average player. Yeah, he could and like he can be good. He can be less than good. It's just there's no you know it's it's pretty. I think he's pretty well bounded for him. Yeah. And and you need those types of guys. I understand that, but it just saying out loud. It's always it's it's just it never gets old for me. I'm sorry, people listening for for whom it does get old. I'll never stop. Yeah, I know. Oh, should, I don't want one more. To. One more, Edwin Rios. I just saw his name. That seems perfect for the Red Sox. Yeah, Edwin Rios. You want to defend? <laughs> this is just going down the corner infielder and like slash DH. My ladder. favorite thing about Edwin Rios, and I'm not, I, I can't recall if I've ever seen this before. If you go to Edwin Rios's baseball reference page, the first position he's listed at is pinch hitter. <laughs> pinch hitter, That's- third baseman, first baseman. That's Have you ever seen that? No, but he was a pinch hitter of like quite some renown. Wasn't yeah. He? No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's he's obviously must have made most of his appearances last year as a pinch hitter. Um, but I have never seen that before in my life. One fourteen OPS plus last season. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Anyhow, that you've, ends you've that unearthed segment. us I'm again sad. here. I'm sad. <laughs> All right. Do we have any more segments? Do you have a mortal enemy of the week? I do. You do. All right. Let's hear it. Brian Joyner's. This is the. De- Hold on. We need like music for this or something. This is the debut of Brian Joyner's mortal enemy of the week. This is a big deal. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what sort of music I could play or jingle. Something. It'd have to be something menacing. Da-na-na-na. Very menacing. Da-na-na. We should actually we should do a little Spanish flea just as make it. <laughs> there you go. Just to show that futility of it. No, it's just my downstairs neighbor. Uh, she is she's very eager to bang the ceiling, which is very rude. And look, I live on the top floor. I get it. But I have a rug down and I have kids here half the time. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do except for live someplace else. But I, it's not a problem for me. It's a problem for you. And I was in the elevator with her. She was like, oh, you... You're the one. She's like, oh, it's really. I was like, oh, I have a rug down there. She said, oh, no, it's not your fault. It's the building's fault. But then the next time I saw in the elevator, she was about to say something. And I was just like, took my dog. I was like, let's go. And I'm just, I know, I know. Saturday morning, probably just going to happen again. And next time she bangs, I'm just going to stomp three times back. So. Yeah, I, I sympathize with you. I've gone through the same plight before. The The place I lived in before was, you know, like an old classic Boston style triple decker in Roslindale. 
And, you know, I lived there with uh, two kids under the age of three. <laughs> and my neighbors, you know, it, it's it, I, it, what's particularly gone. I got I got the broom on the floor one morning, like one morning, a, a month into the pandemic, having started when I had two kids who were just trapped in a house for their entire lives. Um, got the broom in the floor. It's particularly galling because, of course, like only, there were only three units in that entire building. Like we all, you know, like we all knew each other. Like, you know, you should. I feel like in that intimate scenario, like, you, you, like come talk to me. Don't give me a goddamn broomstick on the floor. It's just, it's just. Uh, to me, it's. The, there's an element there of. You think that people do this, but it's really and that it's okay. But actually, no, you're just being an asshole. I mean, I am very careful, especially when the kids are not here, to limit my movement around the apartment. I'm very conscious of it. I'm trying to be a I don't good think neighbor. you need to limit your movement around your own home. Well, Unless you're is, moving around on, like, roller skates or something. Is that how you get around I your apartment? This a mortal enemy. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. That's a good one to start with. Do you want I didn't to, even have to think over that one. Do you want uh, to give your uh, your your home address and her name to Doxer? I don't know her name. Not, we can't go there. Well, you don't even know her name. That's even better. I don't know her name, so we're not we're not gonna do that. I like it. All right. Um, all right. Recommendations before we leave. You got any recommendations for the people? How about you? I do have a recommendation. Um, I'm gonna recommend. Uh, uh, a way of behaving, actually. Uh, so the World Cup is going on right now, Brian. You watching the World Cup? I watched yesterday. You watch it? I've watched. I've watched some, but I watched yesterday. <clears throat> um, so my recommendation, and I say this, you know, as as we've discussed before, I am I am a very big soccer fan, but like just about all Americans of our age, that was not the case when I was a kid wasn't a case when I was a teenager or even in my early 20s. Um, so I say that, so I know where people are coming from, but my recommendation is if you are an American sports fan and you don't know that much about soccer and it's, it's not your favorite thing, that's totally fine. But do not be one of these dicks who comes around every four years and then just all of a sudden starts demanding that soccer, the most popular sport in the world, change 15 different rules to appease your sensibilities. And again, I say this as someone who used to do it myself. So I get where this, this urge is coming from. But my God, it's obnoxious. I promise you. I promise you. There are reasons for all of these weird things. These things that seem weird to you. The offsides rule, the clock still running, stoppage time being at the discretion of the referee. There are reasons for all of these things. Um, and, you know, if you don't get it, don't assume that a sport that three billion other people are currently watching is deficient. It's not. It's fine the way it is. That's my well, recommendation. That's, that is fair. That is fair. My only counterpoint is. Since nothing happens, I think part of the appeal of soccer is just complaining about it. Same, sort well, of like baseball, where there's a lot of downtime. No, I mean, the thing is, and again, we won't get into this. What I didn't realize until I became an actual soccer fan is something is actually happening the whole time. And it's when that's 
when you start to see that stuff that's happening all the time, that's when you that that's the clicking point. That's when you move over to just the casual watching the World Cup at a bar fan to oh, I actually now enjoy this as an aesthetic experience. It's when you realize that actually something is happening all the time. Now, like God, like when I watch a football game, that's when I'm like, wow, really, nothing's happening right now. I am just watching. 22 guys stand around with their hands on their shoulders. Like, that never happens in soccer. I want to ask you how your beloved Italian national team is doing in the world. Oh! Oh, they didn't make it. They didn't make it. Are you implying because my last name is Secatori, I root for the Italian national team? C! C! Okay. I, well, I, I do not, I assure you. you I go. do not care for the Italian national team. Absolutely. Nobody does. They are quite successful. They've won four World Cups. They're People quite care. successful, but they win one nil at best. Yeah. Their their whole game is let's get it to the shootout and maybe we'll win. And it yeah. worked. Well, that is a lot of tournament soccer, true. And and that's another thing I guess I should add to this rant is that the you know, the the soccer hipster fan thing to say, the you know, the real uh, sort of obnoxious soccer knowers out there will tell you that World Cup and tournament soccer in general is not as high quality as regular season club soccer is. And that is true um, because the the players just aren't together enough um, to hone the tactics. Um, so there, you know, the, the one nil get it to the shootout strategy, that kind of is just a tournament aspect. Yeah. They don't even have and, shootouts in the club. Jeez. And. It's it's funny that it is that way because the winning the World Cup is the most prestigious thing, but it is sort of tossed together yeah. in that sense. Yeah, it's true. And this year, more than any other previous tournament, given mm. that they had seven days to practice. Mm, yeah. I do have a recommendation. It's getting a dog. I got a dog. It's great. You should do it. Have you named it yet? Yes. The is dog's it a name human is, name? The dog's name is Pepper. Pepper. That's a good dog's name. We went through like 10 different names, honestly. And we thought we had decided. And then I was in the elevator with someone. He goes, what's the dog's name? I said, I don't, we have like a million names. I don't know. He goes, she looks like a pepper. And I was like. Wait, was this your neighbor? Was this your mortal No, this is just someone. No, this is somebody I'd never seen before who apparently lives in this building. And as soon as he said it, I'm like, that's, that's exactly what she looks like. Yeah, that is a good name. So she's pepper now. All right. So Joyner, let me ask you a question. Yep. I am someone who uh, spent the first 13 years of my life begging my parents to get a dog and they would not relent. And then once I became an adult, uh, all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Getting a dog does sound kind of dumb. I don't want to have to walk a dog in the morning. I don't want to have to take care of a dog. Um, and so now that I have kids who are starting to ask me to get a dog, I am saying no. So tell me what I'm wrong about here. What am I missing? You're not divorced and I am. <laughs> I guess I could see that being a pretty good reason to go. Yeah. I mean, I say this and this is maybe too real for the podcast, but I have my kids half the week when yeah. I drop them off. It's very, it's very Just you and your downstairs weird. neighbor. Right, exactly. So just you roller skating by yourself. And look, in your my apartment. dog was a was a San Juan street dog. She just turned one. She's a sweetheart, and she has been barking at stuff during this podcast. But Pepper is now resting. I haven't heard her. And if I'm not saying that, I'm saying that if you want to get a dog, get a dog. 
Mm -hmm. I understand. Look, it helps teach the kids responsibility. Helps, honestly, teach. She teaches me responsibility because I now need to be on a schedule. Yeah. Because otherwise there'll be poo and pee in the house. And I don't like, I mean, outside of the toilet where it normally goes. I really, think... really, really just running the gamut here from being um, raw to talking about poo. Yeah, that's all right. If we had a that's... fenced in yard, I think I would consider it. If I could just leave the dog. Because this is thing, like when we grew up, if you had a dog, at least in my neighborhood, I don't know. Like, maybe the vineyard was different, um, but yeah, no, that's the thing. Like every everyone in the neighborhood just let their dogs out in oh, the morning, uh, and the dogs just wandered around the neighborhood, and that was cool. I, I enjoyed that. Um, that's a nice way to own a dog. If that's I could do the vineyard that, way. that is very much the vineyard way. That is not that's the same. Yeah, I'm sure it's not anymore. It just as I'm sure it's not anymore in my hometown. Um, and, and side note, I was bit by some random dog twice as a child. So I guess I get the inclination to, to stop allowing that. And, and of course, obviously, like every single time we played touch football in my entire life, at one point you step in dog shit. That, that was just part of the deal growing up. Um, yeah, I mean, there are downsides. Don't worry about it. But yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, that, that's my recommendation and I'm sticking I like to it. it. I like it. I like that recommendation. And I love the name Pepper. Thank you for not. This is, again... We discussed this in Slack. This is a pet peeve of mine. Uh, don't don't give your dogs human names. I think I literally said this before. It is the literal pet peeve. Yeah. Oh, ooh, you're right. Didn't even intend to do that. But yeah, no, it's weird. Um, oh, and if you get a dog, adopt the dog, please. That's the other recommendation. Come on now. Yeah, I agree. We don't need these designer dogs. It's They're great. Anyhow, get a dog. Uh, don't correct soccer and get ready for the Edwin Rios era. That is the takeaway. Red Sox pinch hitter, Edwin Rios. Over the Monster Podcast. We will be back soon enough with another amazing gimmick. Uh, until then, you can follow us on Twitter still at the moment. I'm at Brian Joyner, Brian with a Y, Joyner with an I. Dan is at Dan Secatore. It's just like it sounds. And then, of course, there's at over the monster. Dan, I'll talk to you soon. Brian, take care.